This is Indian Noir. You're listening to Season 3, Episode 6 of His Night Begins. Pastor Matthew Tharagan was a tall, wiry man whose eyes still contained the menace of the past. The notorious ex-motorcycle gang leader wrapped his tattooed arms around Virat Nariman. Then it was his wife Mahi's turn. She was physically the exact opposite of her soulmate. Short and stocky, she had a smile that could brighten the darkest den. Welcome to the Empire of Grace, Brother Virat, the pastor said as he swept his hand gracefully to showcase the three buildings in the compound. A small church and two long rectangular single-storied buildings painted white. One served as a de-addiction center and the other was a homeless shelter. Mahi, the pastor's Sikh partner, smiled beatifically at Virat. as if she had just been reunited with a long lost brother both husband and wife had kept their respective faiths and practiced the finest morals of both great religions to the best of their ability they dedicated their lives to the service of others the pastor was of the opinion that this was the best way to wash away the sins of the past behind vidat the 30 or so motorcyclists revved the engines to show their appreciation virat embraced the pastor once again you saved our lives i didn't want to drag you back into a world you left but i had no choice you are the only one whom i can entrust my son with i might be out of the game and it is true that these days i serve the good lord and his subjects but i am not of the opinion that kind gestures alone can save humanity sometimes to preserve the good souls you have to take some evil souls the pastor said my men mostly transport medicines and essentials on their iron steeds these days but if the need arises they can also pull out sword of shotguns from their saddlebags i saw them in action sharp as ever virat said your son is like my son virat the pastor said with a smile mahi placed a reassuring arm on virat's shoulders we will look after him viru virat turned to his right to find praveen had gone walk about When he looked over his shoulder he found the young man wandering amongst the parked motorcycles checking out their mechanical brilliance You know the only reason the lads are allowing him to touch those motorcycles is because he is your son the pastor said with a laugh Yes Virat said joining in on the laughter 
The derelict shack was located on the notorious Highway 85, the road that took the most number of lives in India. Parts of the windy asphalt track wound around mountains like a serpent before plunging down into heavily forested valleys. Presently, a black Volvo station wagon was traversing the treacherous route like a black panther on the hunt. Calls of primitive animals rang through the canopy, expressing disdain for the car trespassing on their domain. The station wagon once belonged to a funeral home, which had made modifications to extend the rear cabin to accommodate longer coffins. It was only appropriate that its second owner was a man who regularly sent business to funeral homes around the country. He was simply known as Nisajar in the business, the night creature who had piled bodies upon bodies for criminal organizations in the subcontinent for the last three decades. The Mafia was not his only client. He had just come back from Sri Lanka after committing at least 40 bodies to mass graves for the ruling government. The Nishajar craved variety, and he knew he was going to get to sink his talons into something really juicy when he parked his black funereal car in front of the dilapidated wooden shack. Three Mercedes cars were parked in front of it, Men in printed shirts and jeans roamed the perimeter with machine guns. The Nishachar stepped out of the car and breathed in the moist air of the forest. He stepped forward and let two men pat down his lean five foot ten body. They ran their hands over his left titanium knee and his scarred skin with some concern. You did not survive in this business for three decades without accumulating a fair amount of battle scars. Bone replacements, fused fractures, grafted skin, digits restored to their original condition thanks to plastic surgery. The Nishachar was the closest one could come to becoming Frankenstein. The two men inspecting him stood up and studied his face. They saw the face of death staring back at them. His fair skin, decorated with peppery stubbles, and his midnight black pupils made him look like someone who had stepped out of a 1970s French noir movie. The men waved him on, and the Nishachar climbed the rickety stairs of the shack to enter its shadowed innards. The building was once a department of forestry storage space, now reclaimed by the forest and the elements. The sight of a table and two chairs greeted the Nishachar. A man swathed in shadows was seated in one of the chairs. Sit, he said to the Nishachar. The hitman obliged. The man pushed a photo and a check towards the hired killer. The hitman's eyes widened when he saw the number on the check. He drooled when he saw whose photo it was. I take it there has been a fair amount of professional rivalry between the two of you in the preceding decades. I understand 
that you have lost some lucrative contracts because of this man. The man covered in shadows could have been the child of darkness, for he spoke with the assurance of one who had been birthed into its treacherous arms. The Nishachar, a man of few words, did not intend to change that habit for the shadowy creature in front of him. He just nodded. I am of the belief that the journey is more important than the destination. The man, seated across from the Nishachar, said, You understand what I am getting at? The man said. The Nishachar nodded again. A faint sliver of light fell on the man's chest as he moved forward in his seat. The Nishachar observed that his client was wearing an expensive Italian suit and he smelled like herbal tea. There were emperors and then there were discreet entities that controlled them like puppets. People who crafted structures of power that only existed for show. Their real purpose masked by layers of deception. The Nishajar instinctually understood that this man belonged to that class of entities. Puppeteers, shadow masters, power brokers. The man let out a deep sigh and followed it with a few deep inhalations and exhalations. I am about to lose my patience with my own people and take things into my own hands. But that will be the equivalent of Shiva's dance of destruction. We don't want that. Not yet. So I am looking for someone methodical to work the beat and help me get rid of this trash. An angry finger landed on the photograph of Virat Neriman. Understood, the Nishajar said. I will be methodical as always, and I will only strike when the time is perfect. The contract killer got up from the chair and turned to exit the shack. I can tell you are a true professional. You didn't ask who I am. The man in the shadow said. I know who you are, the Nishajar said, and he sensed the man obscured by darkness tense up in his seat. You are the devil, the hitman said. The pastor had a concerned look on his face as he scrutinized the photo on Virat's phone. People used to think we were a violent lot, huh, brother Virat? He said, handing back the phone to Virat. Virat nodded as he accepted the phone. He had destroyed the SIM and the phone right after he received the photo and the accompanying message. Now that the dead bodies of the pursuers were buried under canola fields and the wrecked vehicles had been crushed into cubes of steel at the local wrecking yard, the loop was hopefully closed. Virat's tormentors couldn't possibly trace him and his son to the pastor's sanctuary. But it paid to be extra wary because the syndicate was involved. Virat couldn't afford to be reckless or slip up anymore. 
He didn't want one more person to die for his sins. Sartaj Singh, the motorcyclist who had led the gang's rescue effort, came into the room with glasses of salt lessee. He placed them on the table and stepped back, crossing his giant muscular arms across his barrel chest. Tattoos of multicolored snakes came alive as his muscles twitched. Virat was not fooled by the warm welcome he received or the glowing response to his request to offer refuge to Praveen. He knew that in his line of work, everything was a business transaction. All favors were paid for in blood. Sartaj looks after the gang these days. I am but a nominal head. Like I said to you before, we have ceased all our smuggling operations. But should you need us to back you up on anything? The pastor said. No, I can only accept your offer to treat my son and to be his guardian. Beyond that, I will not compromise the safety of your wonderful family or your men. You saw what they did to the people who helped me. I have placed you in enough danger already. The pastor chuckled. Do you think Chetiar's family will retaliate? Sartaj asked. I intend to find this out in a few days, Virat said. Virat turned his attention to the pastor. I am serious about not compromising your safety. The pastor threw a small plastic bag of white crystals on the table. Our lives have already been compromised by this. Our safety is already forfeit for the stance we have taken against drug trafficking. The pastor stood up from his chair. He towered over Virat as he looked him straight in the eyes. The pastor placed both his hands on the table and growled. Who do you think produces and sells this shit in this region? Who do you think is responsible for the plight of the gibbering, weeping boys and girls in my dormitory? Virat shifted in his chair as he took in the information. You didn't see the bullet holes sprayed onto our walls because I got the men to paint over it. Who do you think does all the drive-by shootings in this region? The pastor continued. I have lost three men to these vile bastards and God knows how many addicts. Virat, you are not putting us in danger. You and your son are in the hotbed of danger. The pastor said before sitting down again. Virat was hoping that whatever option was placed before him was of a defensive nature. That was his plan all along. To get Praveen to this safe refuge and guard him till the pastor healed him and decided to move him to somewhere safer. Maybe even get Praveen a new passport and a new identity. It was all over for Virat, but Praveen was still young. The pastor had contacts in the Vori, the Russian mafia. Maybe his son could have a fresh chance at life in Moscow. Virad would be the watchdog, guarding the gates till Praveen's safety was assured. That was his preference. But if they demanded that he needed to go hunting, 
he was not in a position to refuse. I will help your son, and I will look after the future of your son. If you take care of the syndicate's drug manufacturing unit in our district. Virat sighed and joined his hands in front of him on the table. Ah, tell me about this place, Virat said. 